Alright, hello everybody, today is Monday, another Zodiac Monday, welcome to the show. Just a couple of quick announcements before we begin. First, I hope everybody had a good weekend and everybody is doing well. Last Friday, on the Anything Goes segment, I did an episode about the Route 8 Killer, and a big thank you to everyone who checked out last week's um, episode, because in the true crime world... There are some very bizarre moments. Yes, the Zodiac Killer mystery is very bizarre and perplexing on its own, but with the Route 8 Killer, it's the story of more or less a serial killer legend who is operating in Connecticut. The long story short is that there were a series of homicides that took place starting in the 1980s and going all the way into the new millennium. And is it the activity of a single serial killer, or are these unconnected murders and people were just using... A particular area as a dumping ground, and something that furthers that theory is that some guy murdered his girlfriend and ended up confessing to it, but he said that he dumped her body in a particular location because he wanted to pass it off as this unidentified serial killer because he had heard the stories of how bodies had been dumped in that particular area, and if you'd like to hear more about it, you can check out the episode on this channel, Who Was the Route 8 Killer, Connecticut's Darkest Mystery, and there are now more than 1,000 episodes of Black Box Online Radio, and in the true crime world, I've definitely talked about this type of subject before, because I also have an episode on the Miami Strangler, and in that one, I was reading part of a book that had been written by Michael P. Burns called The Flat Tire Murders, talking about the crimes of South Florida, and there's a serial killer legend in Florida that is very, very similar, beginning in a couple decades before the Route 8 killer, where there are the, there were a series of homicides that took place in Miami, and was it a single serial killer? Was it a group of serial killers? Or were these unconnected murders that just happened to be somewhat similar? So I would invite you to check out that episode as well, if you're curious about any of these true crime cases, and there are now several episodes about the Long Island serial killer on this channel, and that one also has some of the exact same theories, and it's not just like a wild, far-out, fringe, radical theory. Some people genuinely believe that that's the answer to the Long Island serial killer mystery, that there are unconnected murders, and multiple people were just using a part of Gilgo Beach on Long Island, is a dumping ground, and um, that could contain the answers to everything. So if you'd like to follow along with all of these true crime discussions, I invite you to hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. And a great way to, to support all of these efforts is to go over to buymeacoffee.com. There's a link to that in the description box. You can make a contribution to support the show. All contributions will be spent on things like equipment or buying true crime books so I can talk to you guys about these cases, anything Zodiac-related, serial killer-related, or just any aspect of the true crime world, any subject under the sun or in the darkness, and all contributors will get a shout-out on Zodiac Monday. But I would like to begin with some of the, well, requests that you guys had to weigh in on a particular discussion that's been happening in the world of Zodiac Killer research, there appears to be a very strong disagreement between two people, and that is Tom Void of ZodiacKiller.com and Drew Beeson, author of Sighting In on the Zodiac Killer, as well as the host of the Zodcast available here on YouTube. To provide a little bit of context and clarity, 
Tom Voigt released a video on his YouTube channel called Zodiac Killer Quickie Number 2, Don Chaney. Don Chaney is, of course, a former friend of Arthur Lee Allen. I mean, both of them have passed away now. Arthur Lee Allen passed away in 1992, and Don Chaney passed away in 2009. They were um, both heavily, heavily mentioned throughout the world of the Zodiac Killer, more or less. Robert Graysmith even relied heavily on Don Chaney as a source he's mentioned all the time in his writings. In Zodiac Unmasked, there are just countless references to Don Chaney telling these stories of Arthur Lee Allen. Don Chaney was also featured in the documentaries, saying some things that really made people feel rather uneasy, or he was off-putting, or he was a very suspicious character. And one person who caught on to that was Drew Beeson, who began to look at the possibility of Don Chaney being the Zodiac Killer. He then went on to write a book called Sighting In on the Zodiac Killer, and launched a, a segment on YouTube called The Zodcast. And Tom Voigt was a, in very, very strong opposition to that, saying that uh, Drew Beeson was selling a for-profit book that had numerous errors in it, as well as not having the strongest understanding of the Zodiac material. And not only that, Tom Voigt is also upset, he was and is upset, with the fact that Don Chaney was supposedly eliminated by law enforcement back in the early 2000s. But what on earth actually happened? And, I mean, let's look at some of the... Yes, and actually I'm going to do something that's perhaps not the most practical thing in the world, and that is to read comments from someone else's YouTube channels, from both Tom Andrews YouTube channels. Is that a good way to spend your life? No, but am I going to do it anyway? Absolutely, yes. And the first um, comment that I would like to go to provide a little bit of clarity and it is from Midnight Ventures, who says, Ned at Black Box entertains the Don Chaney theory. Never once have I suspected him to be the Zodiac. I still think it's someone we are not yet aware of, most likely. And Tom Voigt responded with some questions, and this is why I wanted to uh, read this comment by saying, What is this Chaney theory exactly? It seems to change on a daily basis. Was Chaney the Zodiac? Or was he framing Alan? Or were Cheney and Allen a team? And what exactly does Paul Avery have to do with it? Or Sandy Panzarella? It's not a coherent theory as much as a brain exercise for mouth breathers. All right, well, I'll try to answer some of these questions. I mean, I totally don't have to, but I will try anyway. Number one, what is the Cheney theory exactly? Was Cheney the Zodiac? Um, the short answer to that one is yes. I started talking to Drew Beeson about this in the early parts of 2020, after going through his material, and when I interviewed him, he said that he was about 90% sure that Don Chaney was the Zodiac, and 99% sure that he was the Lake Berryessa Stabber. Of course, the Zodiac was a serial killer who operated in California in the 1960s, and um, some people even think into the 1970s. I personally don't agree with that, but committing um, four confirmed crimes, and the third one was the Lake Berryessa Stabbing, the only time the Zodiac committed a murder by knife, officially, but some other crimes may have taken place by knife, most notably the murder of Sherry Jo Bates in 1966. But yes, that Don Chaney was 90% the Zodiac, and then 99% the Lake Berryessa Stabber. And there's a very big section in Drew Beeson's book, citing in on the Zodiac Killer, when he talks about Don Chaney's relationship to Arthur Lee Allen. 
And when I first talked to Drew about this, I thought he was standing by something called the perfect patsy theory that this guy named Donald Lee Cheney was very intelligent, but he was an underachiever. He was somebody who was well-educated. He was a mechanical engineer, but he was also a very crude and um, rough-spoken guy, and he didn't have the best habits in the world, and not the best family life either. He seemed to have some type of falling out um, with his kids and wife at times. But also, Don Cheney was someone who had an extremely intelligent mind, but didn't always benefit from it. And he figured out a way to become a serial killer and blame it on somebody else if he ever was suspected of it. In short, a way to commit some type of criminal masterpiece, but not get caught. And that was the Zodiac Killer mystery. Why? Because he knew Arthur Lee Allen, who was a sex offender, child molester, someone whom the general public and the police and everybody in the world would have despised because of his actions toward children. Don Cheney could have committed the murders, and Allen would come under suspicion but never get truly caught, because once again, the forensic evidence wouldn't support it. Now, is the question, was he framing Allen? I think that um, I answered that one there. He wants to make it look like Allen could have been a suspect, but never actually get caught. And Drew Beeson has talked about this rather extensively. Why did the, um, why didn't, uh, John Cheney won Allen to get convicted. Number one, then he Allen would get credit for this criminal masterpiece that he has created, the Zodiac Killer Crimes. And by so, I'm not trying to make light of the murders at all, but that's the way that the killer would have thought about it. As well as the attention would would be over. Now I think almost all parties agree that Don Cheney seems to like being interviewed and discussing the case, talking about Arthur Lee Allen. He liked having the spotlight on him. He liked being featured in documentaries. He liked talking to Robert Graysmith or whatever he did or whoever wanted to pay him any amount of attention at all. And if Allen were actually convicted, most of that would go away. I mean, he could have framed Allen so easily if he had actually been the quote-unquote Zodiac. I mean, then he could have planted a piece of Paul Stein's bloody shirt on Allen's property, or how about one of the firearms? Or um, if he is, if he wasn't even the Zodiac, but he wanted to make Alan look guilty, he could have made some type of weird phone call from Alan's residence if he had so much access to him. But um, he wanted Alan to become under suspicion, but not get um, convicted for the crimes. Now, were Cheney and Alan a team? This one, I think, is referring to something. A little bit more recent. I said when I talked to Drew in 2020 that he was standing by that perfect patsy theory, but in recent months I think that he has altered his um, Zodiac theory a little bit and is beginning to think more that Alan and Cheney were working together to a certain degree, and I'm not completely sure the role that Arthur Lee Allen would have had in Drew's theory, other than Allen had some type of limited activity, that Don Cheney was the central planner, the more or less mastermind behind the whole thing, and Allen played some type of minor role in the Zodiac crimes. And what exactly does Paul Avery have to do with it? Well, Paul Avery and Don Cheney went to college together at Bakersfield Junior College, and um, Paul Avery was the director of student assemblies, 
And um, I'm just going off of memory here, but I think Don Chaney was actually the president of the Automobile Association, but don't quote me on that one. But yes, Paul Lavery is a very prominent member of Bakersfield Junior College. He is very involved with... Um, not I don't want to say student government because I want I don't want to miss um misstate a fact but he's the director of student assemblies he's very well known on campus and Bakersfield Junior College is a very small campus so when the Zodiac is is writing these letters to Paul Avery or something saying your secret pal such as the Halloween card card rather than a letter he could just be trying to get the attention of Paul Avery for some unknown reason or the simple fact that. Don Chaney knew who he was, and he had this type of um, connection from his past to Paul Avery. Yeah, I went to college with that guy, so I'm writing him some type of weird, confusing letter because I'm a serial killer jerk. So that's my attempt to answer these types of questions. And of course, uh, Drew Beeson can always uh, correct me if I misstated anything in his theory, but I think what Tom Voigt was referring to is that, that um, Drew has had somewhat of a a reversal on the fact that Alan was the perfect patsy. Now he's more viewing him as an active participant. Now the statement from Midnight Ventures, Netted Black Box entertains the Don Cheney theory. Entertain? Sure. Endorse? No. Because I'm not endorsing anybody's Zodiac Killer theory until I feel 99.9% .9 sure that, okay, yes, absolutely, this is the, um, this is what happened. But as far as... The way that I think about the case, I do give a lot of credit to Drew Beeson for creating the narrative on how one person could have been involved with the Zodiac crimes, or even two if you're going to view the active participant. Back in 2019, I was reading more and more about the Zodiac case. I had even been putting out Zodiac episodes on Black Box Online Radio for about two years, not as regularly as I do now, just every once in a while. And I really just began to formulate my own theory. And I looked at all of these differences in the crimes. The Zodiac murders David Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen. The Zodiac murders Darlene Farron. And that's just sneaking up on people in the dark and firing some gunshots and running away. Then the Zodiac puts on a hooded costume with the Zodiac symbol, brings pre-cut lengths of rope and a knife to Lake Berryessa, and stabs the victims. And I was just thinking, that is so unbelievably bizarre because I am running a true crime channel and I'm talking about true crime cases almost every day and that is a very bizarre deviation and pivot and alteration for a serial killer and then two weeks later the Zodiac murders Paul Stein which also doesn't fit any type of pattern-based theory what on earth could possibly be happening and I began to think that the answer was just multiple killers, and I was looking at how the crimes could have possibly been designed, and based on the handwriting, I was thinking that, okay, there's one central planning mind. There's one person who is either calling all the shots, or if there is a group, then there's a leader, and then four different people committed these crimes, and I didn't know the term for it at the time, but I was thinking about a thrill-kill club, but I called it the group murder theory, thinking that there were at least four or five participants. I mean, the central planning mind could have also been one of the murderers. So, I mean, either four or five people were involved with the crimes of the Zodiac killer. And I went back and forth between a lot of these different theories. But one thing that I never, never gave up was, 
one person could have done this. I mean, it's possible to commit crimes in a different way. Who on earth says that criminals have to follow some type of rule book? In fact, it's quite to the contrary. Everything that they do is illegal. They don't follow the rules. But as time went by through the year of 2019 and into 2020, I was just leaning more and more toward that multiple killers thing, and I was about to just endorse that type of theory and be like, okay, my name is Ned from Black Box Online Radio, not that my stance on the issue is that valuable, but I was going to be like, this is what I think happened. This was this t some type of either Thrill Kill Club or multiple killers operation, and then I discovered Drew Beeson's uh, YouTube channel because you guys in the comments section were requesting that I respond to his videos on YouTube, and ultimately I read his book later on in that year. But I just found that a very clear narrative on how one person could have done everything, even if he now says that there's some involvement from Arthur Lee Allen, all right, but it was just such a clear narrative on how all the pieces of the puzzle came together. And um, again, that doesn't necessarily even have to be about Don Chaney, but just about how a single perpetrator could have been behind the Zodiac Killer mystery. When the Zodiac says this, it could be tied to this type of meaning. When the Zodiac is spelling a word this way, it could have been tied to this aspect of a person's life. And it made it seem so much simpler. So I'm really glad that I didn't endorse that type of uh, group murder theory that I had been thinking about, because I was just, I would have done it prematurely. And I think a lot of people, especially the people who post on discussion boards and in some of the uh, Facebook groups, they think of a theory the way that I did. Hmm, okay, this is what makes sense to me. But then, instead of facing contradictory evidence, they just start uh, getting tunnel vision or cherry-picking to get a desired result, or just not willing to admit that their observations might be completely wrong, or there might be alternative possibilities, and then they think of these wild, wild things. They'd be like, okay, no, this was all orchestrated by the Japanese Yakuza tied to the Mafia because of this reason and that reason, and they'll just say anything you could possibly imagine until the cows come home. So... That is, that's why I haven't endorsed anyone's particular theory yet, because it's an unsolved case and we are still learning about the information. But um, some people have actually made the request that I would write a book, a Zodiac Killer book, about that kind of research process and that journey that I was um, it, just telling you about, about the observations that I made in 2017, 18, 19, and 2020, and just tell the story in book format. And at the all this time, though, I've said I've never wanted to um, write a Zodiac book, but then I, this year I thought, you know what, why don't I try? And I wrote out five pages of um, an attempted Zodiac book, and then I decided, you know, this really isn't turning out the way I imagined. It's not really me. I'll just talk to you guys about it. Maybe I'll do a longer episode sometime this summer about just that, the uh, research process behind all of my Zodiac observations. But again, that wouldn't be a book just coming out in YouTube video format. And next comment comes to us from Daniel Bauer, who says, yeah, Arthur the Zodiac was like, hey, buddy, Don, lick a few stamps, will ya? LOL. And Tom Boyd responded to that comment by saying, neither had DNA that matched the Zodiac evidence. And what I believe Tom Boyd is referring to is that Tom Boyd met 
with Don Chaney in the early 2000s. I believe it's actually in the year 2000. And he interviewed him and conducted a rather lengthy interview talking all about Arthur Lee Allen and his Zodiac experiences. And Tom and Don Chaney began exchanging numerous correspondences, or at the very least, Tom has said that Don Chaney sent him multiple pieces of writing. And Tom Voigt thought that Don Chaney's writing was so similar to that of the Zodiac Killer that he even alerted the authorities, and Don Chaney's handwriting, fingerprints, and DNA were taken, but they all came back as negative. So that's why he believes that Don Chaney should not be a Zodiac Killer suspect, and he also says that famously about Arthur Lee Allen, but that one, I believe, was determined in 2002. Neither had DNA that matched the Zodiac evidence. Daniel Bauer responds by saying, You really believe that? Well, maybe, but... Arthur, I feel, was way more intelligent than the police knew and were and that we were aware of. I think he was aware that DNA was going to become a thing in the future. Now, I don't know too much about that, but um, I notice that there's a comment here, a follow-up from Robin Irwin that says, I'm curious, do they have the killer's DNA? And then Tom Voigt responded to Robin Irwin saying, that is still a work in progress. As of my last DNA update of late last year, and this is one that I genuinely don't understand, because on this exact same comment thread, Tom Voigt is saying that neither had DNA that matched the Zodiac evidence, and then someone says, well, wait a second, do they have the DNA in the first place? Work in progress. And I genuinely don't know what to make of that based on how little information, I mean, do they have the killer's DNA or not? I mean, the only possible way I could reconcile all of that and say, okay, well, there's some type of partial match, but um, it's not 100% conclusive. And recently, I've become very good friends with a guy named Mike Rodelli, author of In the Shadow of Mount Diablo and the Hunt for Zodiac. I was talking about his book last week on the Zodiac Killer News Report, and I've been talking to Mike Rodelli a lot, and Mike Rodelli believes that neither Cheney nor Allen were the Zodiac, but rather a Norwegian-American named Shell Cavalle was the killer, a very wealthy man who was working in the auto import business, in fact, the largest importer of, um, what was it, Volkswagens on the West Coast, as well as heavily involved with British motor cars, but he did love the Italian ones as well. And Mike Rodelli may not have convinced me that Shell Cavalli was the Zodiac, but what I think is perhaps more convincing from his research is that they do not have the Zodiac's DNA. Do I know that 100%? No. But do I believe that? Yes. Because if they have extracted DNA from an envelope, that the Zodiac used to mail letters, then it came from the outside of the envelope. I mean, so says everything that has been shared, at least that I've encountered. And if that is the case, the possibility for contamination is overwhelming. I mean, how would you know that only the killer touched that part of the envelope or touched the top of the stamp or touched the outside of the stamp? I mean, we're talking about something go going through the Postal Service. So, that's where I stand on the DNA. Unless Tom Voigt knows something that I don't, and yes, he knows a lot more than I do about this, but unless there's some type of info that he's not ready to share yet. And I also noticed that 
there is another comment when someone points out that Tom Voigt says something in his video that he has multiple letters from Don Cheney. And this is from Captain J, who says, You have more Don Cheney letters? Could you please post them? And then Tom Voigt says, Looking at other YouTube channels and subreddits, it's clear to me that most people aren't even up to speed with what is already out there. And, um... I'd, I'd also be curious why Tom Voigt wouldn't want to share those. Maybe he simply doesn't want Drew Bezison to uh, see them, but I would hope that if we're actually dealing with some type of investigation, or if Tom Voigt's theory is correct and Cheney is not the Zodiac, well, why not, why not share them? I mean, that would actually support his um, stance on the subject. And, I mean, I, Tom Voigt doesn't have to listen to me. He can do whatever he wants, but I don't see any reason not to share them, either uh, in, on YouTube in a video or even on his website, ZodiacKiller.com. But uh, thank you to everybody who weighed in on that. And one more time, that was available on Tom Voigt's channel. The episode was called Zodiac Killer Quickie Number 2, Don Cheney. Now, Drew Beeson responded to this because that video was mostly directed at him, and he's pointing at a very particular episode comment that was left on the episode that said that Don Cheney and Paul Avery attended college together was learned back in 2000 with classmates.com offered one week free trial. If someone tries to pretend it's a recent discovery, you know they're either a fraud or a moran, M-O-E-R-A-N. And uh, yes, that was meant to be some type of um, intentional misspelling for comedic effect. I don't dispute any of that there. But, um, that really goes against the Bakersfield connection that Drew Beeson discovered. Once again, talking about how Drew Beeson found out that Paul Avery and Don Cheney were classmates at Bakersfield Junior College. And as I understand it, Drew Beeson has actually copyrighted that discovery. But Tom Voigt even disputes that, saying that Drew was not the first person to discover that. Somebody did when they were using classmates.com in a one-week free trial. Now, in Drew's video, he says very clearly that... That is um, impossible because Don Cheney was never mentioned in any yearbook. He he learned he found out that Don Cheney was a student at Bakersfield Junior College because of a newspaper, and then he found out that Paul Avery was listed as a student, and it was indeed the same Paul Avery. Again, Drew can correct me if I get any of this wrong, but I think the um, immediate immediate response is that um, somebody who is not Tom Voigt, found this info on the one-week free trial using classmates.com that Paul Avery and Don Cheney were classmates. I don't know who that is, and that is also something that Tom Voigt hasn't shared yet. So, I mean, again, he doesn't have to do anything I say, but we're all eagerly awaiting to find out the full truth behind that story, and I don't see any reason to hold back. Again, if you um, have anything that would actually help your case, then... Why not? And I should mention that Drew Beeson has written out something, which is even for this episode here on Black Box Online Radio, and it says, Here is a challenge question for Tom Voigt. If Don Cheney's DNA should rule him out, supposedly, as well as fingerprints, and even his handwriting was not a match, and should be ruled out as a suspect, shouldn't Arthur Lee Allen be ruled out too, and removed from the front of his website? That will never happen, as Allen is good for his business. When he felt he had to dump Allen as a suspect due to the no-DNA match, he picked up Geik, 
to keep interest in the case overall. This is just how he makes a living. He also just made up the nonsense about a new DNA find that couldn't have come from the Zodiac. He makes stuff up to keep people interested. He is a grifter. So some definitely heated tempers on both sides. But, I mean, that, there is something that I think all of us need to be aware of. What actually happened with Don Chaney's DNA? If, if Don Chaney provided handwriting, fingerprint, and DNA samples, then what really was the end result? Because there are a number of possibilities that could happen. Number one, they could be positive. Number two, they could come back as negative. And the third could be somewhere in the middle, like there could they could be inconclusive, or there can be some type of interference if the um, fingerprints are not preserved well, that there can be like smudging together, it just, and there can be faults on the parts of technicians. We experience this in the true crime world all the time. Think about what I said with the postal workers and contaminants, and how it could be somebody else's DNA on the envelope. I mean, these things genuinely happen all the time. And um, I'm really not sure the entire full story, but again, if Tom Void wants to uh, reveal anything, I mean, not only can he send it to me at Black Box Online Radio, but he has his um, YouTube channel, and he probably would get a bigger reception on that one. But Amanda has a comment on Drew Beeson's channel when she says, why is there always fighting between people regarding the Zodiac? Aren't we all trying to get the same answers about who the Zodiac was? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the reason why people follow the Zodiac killer case is because they want answers to solving a murder mystery from 50 years ago. They want to find out what happened, and I genuinely believe that as true crime followers, there's this natural curiosity that people have. What did it actually go down? What actually happened? And yes, there are elements of human empathy, like people feel things for the victims and the families of the victims. Yes, there is some morbid curiosity, and I, I don't only think that it's a fascination with morbidity. There's also this sense of fearlessness that people in the true crime world have. We are not afraid to look at things that other people might find horrific. We're not afraid to learn about stories that might shock somebody in the general public. Why? Why not? Because they're real, because it's true. And if we're going to learn about human behavior and history and science and just how people think and operate, we need to learn about everything, not only the warm, fuzzy, and cozy parts, but um, some of the things that other people might not find super savory. And um, that's my honest answer. Like, why is there fighting in the Zodiac world? Well, maybe I can give you a little bit more clarity. As I said in the beginning, uh, Tom Void is critical of Drew Beeson because he said that he posted resources online for free, such as his interview that he conducted with Don Chaney, as well as posting one of the letters that Don Chaney had um, sent to him, which talks about um, Arthur Lee Allen and a syringe. And um, he actually misspells the word victim in it. I think I think he spelled it V-I-C-T-O-M in that particular letter. And then what Tom Voigt said was that he posted resources on the internet for free, and then Drew Beeson used them 
as part of his book, Sighting in on the Zodiac Killer, not used them directly, but he heavily referenced them. And again, those are just comments that Tom Voigt has left in other places on the internet. So he felt that there was something disingenuous about writing a for-profit book based on materials that have been shared online for free. Again, just trying to interpret his side of the story. But there was another comment that was left on Drew Beeson's YouTube channel, and it was actually from Steve Allen, who said that there are lots of classy Zodiac researchers out there, such as Michael Butterfield, Mike Morford, Drew Beeson, Michael Cole, and of course, Ned Dahan. Hey, Steve, thank you so much. And there was a reply from Professor Thomas Henry Horan, who is the host of the Stones Unturned podcast, as well as the author of The Myth of the Zodiac Killer, and he says that Butterfingers is as bad as Voight, Morph's okay, Michael Cole is just as willfully stupid as Tom, I don't care what any document says, Voight. Now, to uh, switch gears a little bit, and to say some praiseworthy things about Michael Cole, he is the author of the Zodiac Revisited Trilogy, Volumes 1, 2, and 3, I've interviewed Michael Cole a couple times. I did an off-air interview with him, and I did a response to that here on this channel. I have at least uh, three episodes that are dedicated to Michael Cole's uh, books, as well as reiterating some of the comments that we had there. I've also interviewed Michael Cole for the Zodiac Killer Channel's Interview with the Experts series. Now, in his books, he doesn't identify a single Zodiac Killer suspect, but what he does is he thinks that the Zodiac is someone who was very methodical and calculating, and I don't mean that figuratively, I mean that literally, that the Zodiac Killer committed an enormous amount of crimes, and he did so by mapping out angles on just that, a map, and it's done in a very deliberate and calculated way. And I said I was going to be saying some praiseworthy things because I was about to close the door on Michael Cole. I mean, for a long time, I put him in the category of Okay, I appreciate what he does. I think that he has um, put in a lot of genuine heart and soul into his writings. He seems like an honest guy. I just disagree with his observations, and I notice countless times that people say this in the comments section on any YouTube channel or even on Facebook or some type of discussion group. They say that, oh, they appreciate um, his perspective on the subject, even though they disagree with the observations that he made. And to elaborate, he believes that the Domingo Edwards murders in 63 were the Zodiac, the Swindle murders in 64, the Bates murder in 66, the uh, five Zodiac murders in 68 to 69, as well as the attempted abduction of Kathleen Johns, the murder of Richard Redditch, and the disappearance of Donna Lass were all committed by a single serial killer who was someone who was more or less the sad, lonely man theory, maybe a guy who never even got married, someone who was fueled by heterosexual animosity and driven to kill. And the reason that, that that really didn't affect my thinking, the reason why I said I was about to close the door was when I talked to Michael Cole about his assessment of the murder of Paul Stein, which occurred on October 11th of 1969, he said that he thought that Paul Stein was killed because he was a taxi driver, and he was driven to a specific location, and that would have lined up with the Zodiac's desire to have angles and mapping as an important component in his criminal behavior. This is much like what I said about um, uh, Drew Beeson's Don Chaney theory, a criminal masterpiece loaded with mathematical signatures. And 
Michael Cole was not the first person to make that observation, and he fully admits it. I mean, you can even perhaps find the clip on YouTube when Gareth Penn is talking about how that's exactly why he thought Michael Cole... Sorry, not Michael Cole. The Zodiac Killer drove Paul Stein to the place where he was murdered because he was a taxi driver. And as a taxi driver, he could be driven to a specific location so it would line up with angles on a map. Now, Gareth Penn was the author of Time 17 in 1987. Michael Cole's writings came out much later. And I was just thinking, all right, I see what happened. Michael Cole is an engineer by trade. And he looked at Gareth Penn's theory about angles and radians, and he expanded upon it. That's all it is. I was like, that, that's it, I'm done with this guy. I mean, it's just case closed, that's what happened, and I can't really say anything else other than that. But, but, when I was doing my episodes on the Z32 cipher, I noticed that Michael Cole was talking um, a lot about how the Zodiac could have possibly been ex-Navy or ex-Air Force, and possibly was very knowledgeable about celestial navigation. And when I was trying to learn about the Zodiac Killer Z-32 cipher, which was mailed in 1970, I just wanted to look at a digital version of a compass completely unrelated to the Zodiac Killer. And I just wanted to, to see if I could play around with a digital compass and look at some angles on the map and see how this would play out. And the sources that I found talking about compasses frequently used the word radians, the way the Zodiac Killer did. They also frequently talked about um, not only navigation, but also the book The American Practical Navigator. And I learned about that book from Michael Cole. And they talked about how that was a very inspirational thing on navigation that for the late 1800s and the early 1900s, and even all the way to the mid-1900s when the Zodiac is operating. And so many unrelated sources are putting Michael Cole's theory back into play about how the Zodiac could have been ex-Navy or ex-Air Force, the Zodiac could have had a high understanding of angles, the Zodiac could have had celestial navigation knowledge, the Zodiac could have read the book The American Practical Navigator, and as I said, to say something praiseworthy, it turns out that his observations about the Zodiac Killer case may have a lot more value than I gave them credit for. So excuse me for that long, twisted, rambling response about, um, about saying something praiseworthy. The other people that are mentioned here on this list are Michael Butterfingers. Never heard of him before, but I'm gonna take a wild guess and say that's Michael Butterfield, the webmaster of ZodiacKillerFacts.com. I've interviewed Michael on the um, Zodiac Killer Channel's Interview with the Experts series, and he was completely polite and fair with me. But, you know, he did say some things about the Zodiac Killer case, as well as certain other researchers. And I don't even know if I should tell you guys this, but I will anyway. Okay, so he gives me his side of the story, and whenever I talk to somebody else about, oh yeah, well, when I interviewed Michael Butterfield, this is what he said... The response I get is, what? No, that's impossible for this particular reason. And people are just very surprised that I'm relaying the comments that I heard from him in that particular way. So I just simply don't know what to think. I got a he said, he said situation going on. And um, 
but I've only talked to Michael Butterfield one time. As I said, I didn't have a bad experience with him. He came on the show and he wanted to talk about his Zodiac Killer observations. So um, I'm kind of undecided. As far as Mike Morford goes, um, no, I've interacted with Morph a lot, especially corresponding. We definitely disagree about certain things regarding the Zodiac Killer, but Michael Morford has made a lot of very good observations about the disappearance of Donna Lass, and he's also interviewed Donna Lass's former roommate, Joanne Getschy. Donna Lass was, um, according to Michael Cole, the final victim of the Zodiac Killer. I personally don't believe she was murdered by the Zodiac, and um, again, I would just direct you to go over to Michael Morford's podcast, Zodiac Speaking, which he co-hosts with Richard Grinnell, and there is an interview with Joanne Getschy, the former roommate of Donna Lass, who shares a lot of info going into um, her life story, and um, Donna's life story, that is, as well as talking about the possibilities that Donna knew her attacker, knew her abductor, and the abductor knew her as well. And um, you can always uh, find Mike Morford's stuff online, such as ZodiacKiller.net, his website, and he is the author as well of the Criminology Podcast Presents the Zodiac Killer. I believe it's the case of the Zodiac Killer. You can get that on Kindle, or you can perhaps find the episodes, but that one is co-authored and co-hosted with Michael Ferguson. A lot of people who uh, research the Zodiac Killer case are named Michael for some reason. And Launchpad 1 listeners will get a break, but YouTube listeners can keep on listening normally.